This is The Creator Revealed, a production of 3ABN Television. Welcome to The Creator Revealed. My name's Tim Standish, and by profession, I'm a scientist, but I'm also a human being. That means that I think about the theological implications of the science that I do. You know, it is so interesting to me when you see, we're both Bible-believing Christians. Amen. We believe this word is inspired by God. And we believe that God created the earth in six days, because he said he did. <laughs> um, but today we want to welcome you, and we're so glad you're joining us, because we will be talking about alternative ideas that are out there in the world to the biblical account of creation. Exactly, and as you can imagine, there are actually a fair number of these ideas that we could talk about. During the course of this series, we've made frequent references to Darwinian evolution, mm -hmm. this materialistic view, this kind of atheistic understanding of, of reality. And in this episode, I would like to talk about the sort of spectrum of things in between but that would take an awfully long time because there are people who have all kinds of, of interesting ideas out there. I think it would be best for us to concentrate on one of the most popular okay. alternative views. This is an attempt to reconcile the claims these, of this materialistic philosophy with the clear record of history that's contained in God's Word in the Bible. So what you're saying that's, is this is the one where people believe in, uh, in a type of evolution, but they, they claim to believe the Bible. Precisely, and it's called theistic evolution. Before we do that, though, let's take a look at one of the things that the Bible says about the creation. Okay. This is in Exodus. It's Exodus 31. And a lot of people don't realize that the fourth commandment is actually repeated here. Let's, let's read exactly what it says. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. So this is, this is not a covenant that is going to go away. The children of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, um, I would include Christians in this because obviously we are adopted. We are all Abraham's seed yes. as Christians. Um, so this Sabbath is somehow important for Bible-believing Christians. And the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, which in the creation account says that at the end of six days, God said, all is very good, and on the seventh, he rests. Exactly. Right. And just to make sure that we get that, this Sabbath that is a memorial to the creation, the fourth commandment goes on and it says, 
It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And then Moses puts this in just to make sure that we understand how important this is. And when he had made an end of speaking with him, this is Moses, on Mount Sinai, he, this is God, gave Moses two tables of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So God actually wrote himself in stone that he created in six days. This is clearly recorded there in the Bible. So what do we do when we're Christians and we're looking for some kind of compromise that allows us to feel like we are scientists and we are Christians at the same time. Well, I am a scientist and a Christian, and I can assure you that there is no reason to abandon what the Bible says because of the false claims of Darwinism. So you believe in a six-day literal well, what else would I believe? I believe, Absolutely. as a scientist, I believe says. data. I obviously wasn't there. I have to believe the witnesses that we have. And the Bible has proven to be a reliable witness Amen. about everything else. Amen. I mean, how would you know how long it took anyway? Yeah. Um, uh, there, is, there is no practical way that science yeah. can really answer these questions. So let's look at theistic evolution. And we have to be careful here because theistic ex- evolution can Explain mean, what that means, okay. theistic, theistic evolution. Theistic evolution. I'm going to actually give you a definition here. Okay. But the reason I want to be careful about it is because there are many different definitions that people make of this. But at its core, this definition really kind of okay. explains it. Theistic evolution is the belief that God used the process of evolution to create living things, including humans. Mm. So instead of this creation account that's in the Bible, God used a different method, Mm. the death-driven process of evolution. Mm. That's the basic idea here. Now, once, once you sort of agree on that, if you want to be a theistic evolutionist, then there are many other little details, and that's what twists around the definitions in lots of different ways. And sometimes people come up with something almost identical that they call evolutionary creation. Um, But all of these things sort of get wound up together into this basic idea that God, his method of creation was evolution. Um, Here is a group called BioLogos, and they they put it this way. They say, we fully affirm that the Bible is the inspired and authoritative Word of God. And of course, all Bible believers would be saying amen at that point. But then they go on and they say, we also accept the science of evolution (laughs) as the best description for how God brought about the diversity of life on Earth. And many, many, many very eminent scientists and so on actually belong to this group, including Francis Collins, who led the effort to sequence the human genome. So these are eminent guys, and they're thinking very hard about this. I don't want to mock them. I just disagree with them because, you know what, this idea is simply absolutely incompatible with the Scripture. Let's let's look at what Scripture says. Scripture starts out by talking about the good creation. In fact, God called it very good. 
And then sin comes into the world. The fall occurs and the result of sin, the wages of sin are death and this broken creation that we live in. But the Bible doesn't stop there. It goes on and it provides the solution and the solution fits the problem. So we have Jesus Christ who wins that victory over sin and therefore victory over death and thus there can be a good new creation and eternal life. That's the gospel. That's right, that new creation. So this is what the Bible says. It's kind of the opposite of theistic evolution. Obviously, you you can't get those two things in there together. Well, let's look at how it is that some Christians can somehow or other shoehorn evolution into some kind of belief in Jesus Christ saving us by dying on the cross. Okay. Okay. And so here is the idea of evolution that these particular Christians believe. Now bear in mind, this is not what I believe. I believe what the Bible says. I don't believe that this is actually true. But the idea is this. You start out with some kind of single-celled organism. It evolves into something uh, like a fish, and then that fish evolves into something that crawls out and becomes a land animal. And that land animal develops some more and becomes a brute of some kind, a brute. And then something amazing happens. Remember, this is not in the Bible. This is this theory of how this could have worked that is unbiblical and I don't believe. I just want you to see it. So the idea is that God somehow or other zaps a soul into this this brute. So let's look at at that again. We start out, we keep evolving, we keep evolving, we get to the brute. God sticks a soul into into the brute and the brute becomes a human being. There is this kind of progress that we see with it. And there is this event, this ensoulment event that happens in the course of history. And that's when we get human beings. How, how that is just totally con- contradictory to the Word of God. Well, exactly. Because obviously, I think most people who really seriously look at this in the Bible understand that the idea uh, that the body and the soul are two separate things, that, that they, they can have a, an existence separate from one another, really is not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is God breathed into the body that he had formed and man became a living soul or a living being in some translations. Um, Something, it's it's this combination of things that is required. We could call it the breath of life or something. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we do hear about the breath returning to God. Mm -hmm. Um, That's talked about in the Bible, but the Bible doesn't talk about some sentient, immortal soul that goes up there and lives in heaven without a body and those sorts of things. And and just in fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 57, Paul clearly says that we are not given immortality. I mean, he tells Timothy Mm. that only 
God alone is immortal right now, and we don't get immortality until the last trumpet. Exactly. So anyway, with this, this unbiblical belief system, then you can have death being a kind of different thing than it was before the ensoulment. Death becomes the separation of body and soul, and all of a sudden you can make sense of what Jesus was doing on the cross. He wasn't dying for what normal people would call sin and death. He was dying for this kind of made up kind of death, this, this kind of um, idea of separation of body and soul there. And Which you, you don't have don't to believe, believe me. It's the, the Pope talks about this. In fact, this is a papal encyclical that I'm showing you here by Pius the 12th, he wrote, the teaching authority of the church does not forbid that in conformity with the present state of human sciences and sacred theology, research and discussions on the part of men experienced in both fields take place with regard to the doctrine of evolution. Mm-hmm. In as far as it inquires into the origin of the human body as coming from pre-existing and living matter. For the Catholic faith obliges us to hold that souls are immediately created by God. So you can see here that the Pope himself saw this as a way of solving the tension between Darwinian evolution and biblical Christianity. I might add that prior to this, Catholics agreed with other Christians, and many Catholics continue to agree with other Bible-believing Christians that, in fact, theistic evolution is a false doctrine that is unbiblical. Anyway, let's continue on. If we believe that evolution is true, then either um, God chose to create animals to suffer and die over the eons when he could have created animals perfect from the start, Mm -hmm. or God is incapable of fiat creation that would avoid the evils of death, struggle, and suffering, or animals like souls and thus feel no suffering at all, which is obviously not Not true true. if you've ever had a pet. So atheists, they deny God's hand in nature's suffering. Theistic evolutionists actually blame him for it. It's really not a very attractive idea. And when we compare it with what the Bible says, the Bible promises that God will wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or suffering. That's the promise. This is not the process that has made us. This is the process that Jesus Christ died on the cross to stop. So, yeah, the Creator is revealed even by alternatives to the biblical creation because they show that the biblical truth reveals God's goodness. So God's goodness is shown in the Bible and it's clear when it's compared to these other ideas. Amen. Boy, our time is gone for the first segment. Please join us. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome to the Minute That Makes a Difference. I'm Margot Marshall. What difference do pulses make? The United Nations thinks pulses, better known as beans or legumes, make so many impressive differences that it's declared 2016 International Year of Pulses. Their goal is to position pulses as a primary source of protein. Let's compare. Animal proteins contain cholesterol. Pulses, zero cholesterol. Animal proteins have zero fibre. Pulses are the richest source of fibre. Animal proteins are high in fat, pulses are low. 
so they protect against heart disease, diabetes, cancer, obesity and more. Pulses need a fraction of the land and water required for animal industries and cost around $2 to $5 a kilogram. So they're good for the planet, our wallet and our health. Enjoy Pulses every day. They make heaps of difference. Welcome back. We have been exploring theistic evolution and the issues with that. And now we're going to go just a little bit deeper into some alternatives. And we have a special guest, Tim. Would you like That's to introduce right. him? That's uh, right. This is Dr. Jim Gibson. Dr. Gibson is the director of the Geoscience Research Institute. Your boss. My boss. So I have to be on my best behavior. Yes, you do. And uh, yes, as you, as, you, as you said, you know, we've been looking at theistic evolution, but is that really the only alternative out there um, that, 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 that we see among Christians or among other people? What precisely is up with that? Um, we, obviously, we have things like um, uh, uh, materialistic Darwinism, Biblical creation, those can be considered to be sort of opposite ends of a spectrum, I guess. Theistic evolution would, would say, oh, no, we're the, we're the happy compromise in the middle. But what other things might be on that spectrum? That's why we have Dr. Gibson here to help us explore at least one, possibly two other alternatives. All right. So welcome, Dr. Gibson. Hi, Dr. Gibson. Thank you. And uh, so uh, let me ask you this. If it's not theistic evolution, if it's not materialistic Darwinism, if it's not biblical creation, what else might a person believe? Well, there's several alternatives, but I think one of the most interesting ones is a theory that is really based on the fossil record. The fossils are based, the fossils occur in layers in the rocks in a sequence. And uh, there's one, one theory that says, well, that sequence is the sequence in which God created them on this world. So we could call that progressive creation. Okay, so, so then the idea, would be, the idea would be, okay, you go down to the bottom of those layers of rock that have fossils in them, and, and you see things like maybe something like fish down there, and you don't see, you don't see giraffes. So the idea would be, okay, God created all kinds of fish and then he stopped creating. And then what, some eons later, he created some more things. Yes, yes, that would, that's the basic idea. And the, it incorporates both these dis, the discrete act of creation along with some evolutionary ideas. So in the fossil record, if you find the sudden abrupt appearance of some new kind of fossil, you explain that by saying, well, that must be a new creation. If you see a kind of a graduated series uh, of fossils, you would say, well, that must be where God uh, guided evolution for a while. So God's alternating between these creation and evolutionary episodes. And, That's and then what I understand to mean by progressive creation. So then because these are fossils, obviously you would have things dying because fossils are made from dead things, right? Yes. Yeah. So... That, in, that, that introduces a theological problem. There are problems with the theory that are, that are theological problems, 
there's problems with the science and there's problems with the, the biblical uh, standard. Well, let's, let's look at the science the first. Oh, okay. We, we, we... okay, the science. Well, what is the scientific evidence that God created in this pattern? There isn't any. It's entirely made up. So you can't really call this a scientific theory at all. Yeah. In fact, science tries to explain things without appealing to God's action. So the minute you put God in there saying that God created and God guided evolution, you have gone from what most people want to call science to kind of a philosophical interpretation, a kind of a religious kind of an idea. And I guess that if you were a scientist, so, you would say, okay, with the biblical creation, you have one big miracle. Whereas with this progressive creation, you have many miracles that you have to yeah. have. So that would be probably very problematic, I would imagine, to somebody who didn't like to have too many miracles going yeah. on. Well, and not only that, how would you test such an idea? There isn't any way to test that idea. It's not a scientific idea at all. Does it make any so, predictions? If you want to get into... No, I can't imagine what it would predict. I mean, suppose I want to explain the fossil record a different way. Instead of saying God created in this sequence, let's say God arranged the fossils in that sequence during the flood. That's just the way the flood put them. That isn't scientific either, but it's just as scientific as to say he created in that order. Yeah. It's just made up. Uh -huh. and, and does the sequence of the fossils match in some way things like the days of creation or something like that? Well, that's, the, that's a biblical problem. No, the flowering plants occur early in the creation week, perhaps among the first things created on day three. In the fossil record, you don't see any flowering plants until a lot of layers have accumulated that have marine animals and terrestrial animals and birds and fish and all kinds of things. So they just, it just doesn't match. Yeah. So biblically, it doesn't work. Scientifically, it doesn't work. Theologically, it's very problematic because it incorporates the idea of death and evil and suffering and violence all occurring before humans ever appeared in the fossil record. And why would that be a problem? So, well, if Jesus came to, to pay the penalty for our sin by dying in our place, as the Bible is pretty, pretty clearly teaches, then that theory just makes it pointless. Yeah. Just makes it pointless. What's the what was Jesus doing here on the cross? Well, because in other words, what you're saying is that if you're going by the fossil record, there's death and destruction before sin, before man create or, or yeah. committed sin. So death isn't come from sin at all. It's just part of the order that God intended. So the way I see it, Jim, is that it is not just death. It's not just death, it's also violence and suffering. Yes. So the way I see it is that you just have to pretty much throw out 
all of the Bible, or a good portion of the Bible, and including the plan of salvation, in order to believe this progressive creationism. Yeah, it's, it's basically a make-it-up-as-you-go-along kind okay. of theory. So then what you're saying, it seems to me, is that something like progressive creation really has the same fundamental problems that theistic evolution has, but possibly even more because it claims to, to have these kind of arbitrary interventions by God every now and again. Yeah, it, it solves the problem of theistic evolution in the fact that it provides a mechanism for unusual things to happen. Yeah. But it does so at the expense of God's character because it brings in a creator who is, as one person said, he creates and then destroys, and then he creates and then he destroys, and then he creates and then he destroys over and over again. Now, what kind of a God is that? Well, I guess that we'd have to be worrying that he might be doing some more destroying in the near future instead of coming back and saving us, <laughs> doing a new creation. Does seem a little problematic. Yeah. Well, well, and then in, in the fossil record, if the flowering plants don't show up until the deposits of the animals and, and this, what were they eating? <laughs> well, yeah, that would be, that would be a major problem. I know, I know that you, you, do find, you do find in the fossil record some plants, but not necessarily the flowering plants yes, okay. with organisms that might have, have eaten them. So there are probably solutions to these problems. It's just that you have the flowering plants showing up much later in the fossil sequence than you do in the sequence of creation days. So in other words, this isn't biblical at all. It's not going off the biblical account. It's simply divorced yes. from the Bible completely. You're making up your own religion as you go along. Well, It's also divorced from science. Yeah. Except for the fact that we do observe a sequence in the fossil record, but the explanation for that sequence is just made up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for helping us explore progressive creation, Dr. Gibson. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate your insights. Bye-bye. My pleasure. <laughs> you know, Dr. Gibson really sort of brought out what to me is a fundamental problem with many of these ideas. They are neither biblical nor scientific, um, and certainly not scientific in the materialistic understanding of things. And in the very people who, and I know you've been criticized as I've been criticized for having faith in the biblical account of creation. To me, it takes more faith to, to think, look at what they're saying, plus suddenly the whole, um, God's whole character, everything that I want to believe about God is completely changed. Exactly. It turns God into some kind of monster um, and a creator at the same time because he's sort of creating and destroying and creating and destroying. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Is that a God that I would want to worship? And how should I live my life in response to to something like that. God might decide to do a new creation and I'll be wiped off the face of the earth mm. as a result of that. How much, how much more attractive the God of the Bible is 
you know, the God who not only created us and everything else, but the God who came to save us and has promised a new creation, something that we can have faith in because we have seen that he can create in the first place. And we've learned. We've certainly seen that he can recreate when you seek conversion stories. And we've learned. We've learned some of the things from that creation. Well, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode. This is not the only one. I look forward to seeing you again. I hope that you'll join us in the future. Listening to The Creator Revealed, a production of 3ABN Television.